Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. John chapter number four tonight. John chapter number four. I certainly appreciate all my brothers and sisters who participated up here in leading of praises to the Lord today. And uh, man, I'm just so happy to be back in God's house tonight. Man, it's a privilege to be in God's house tonight. It's a privilege to be able to participate with God's people and uh, be able to see your smiling faces and also to be in the Lord's presence. So John chapter number four. John chapter number four, please. All right. And let's look at verse number 11 tonight. John chapter number four and verse number 11 tonight. John chapter four and verse number 11. The Bible says this, the woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water. Let's read verse number 11 tonight. Ready, begin. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Yeah, and may God help us tonight as we listen to the message from his word out of John 4. Father, I thank you for the privilege, God, it is to be able to preach the word of God tonight. And thank you, God, for everything that you have done today, uh, most of which we don't even know about, Lord. But we thank you, we trust you, and we have faith only in you. And Lord, I ask that you would please help us tonight as we look into the scriptures tonight, God. I ask that you would change my heart, that you would transform me to be more like Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask for our church family and friends that are here tonight that you would draw us all closer to Jesus tonight. Lord, everything is in vain, God, if the Spirit of God is not in this place. And so, Lord, we need you, God, tonight. We trust you. Please speak through me tonight, Lord. That's my only desire, is that you would speak through me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Truly, we love you, and we want to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It was in 1969 that the famous singer Peggy Lee, she sung a song, and it was entitled, is that all there is, is that all there is. And the lyrics go as follows. I remember when I was a little girl, our house caught on fire. I'll never forget the look on my father's face as he gathered me up in his arms and raced through the burning building out of the pavement. And I stood there shivering in my pajamas and watched the whole world go up in flames. And when it was all over, I said to myself, is that all there is to a fire? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, then let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze and have a ball, if that's all there is. And when I was 12 years old, my daddy took me to the circus, the greatest show on earth. There were clowns and elephants and dancing bears and a beautiful lady in pink tights flew high above our heads. And as I sat there watching, I had the feeling that something was missing. I don't know what, but when it was over, I said to myself, is that all there is to the circus? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, then let's keep dancing. 
Let's break out the booze and have a ball if that's all there is. And when I fell in love with the most wonderful boy in the world, we'd take long walks by the river or just sit down for hours gazing into each other's eyes. We were so very much in love. Then one day he went away and I thought I'd die, but I didn't. And when I did and I said to myself, is that all there is to love? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? Certainly in the portion of scripture that we read tonight, I believe that this woman can relate to this song. The words of Ecclesiastes chapter number two, verses one through 11, read out from a man who tried all that there is. He said, I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and lo, this is also vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? And I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what it was good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made great works, and builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, and I made me gardens and orchards, and planted trees and them of all kinds of fruits. I made pools of water, to water with the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house and also had great possessions of great and small, cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me silver and gold and a peculiar treasure of kings and of and the princes and get me singers and women singers and delights of the sons of men and musical instruments and all of the sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were, were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And what sort of my eyes desired kept not I from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Even Solomon could relate to the song, Is There All There Is? In Jeremiah 2.13, God says to his people, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and had hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. The psalmist said in 36 in verse number nine, he said, for with thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. In Isaiah 55, in verse number one, the Bible says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. In Psalm 42, in verses one and two, the psalmist said this, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so, my, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4, the Bible says this, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, speaking of the wilderness, and that rock was Christ. Here in the passage of Scripture, it is very clear that Jesus is communicating to a certain individual that he is still living waters. He is still living waters for the thirsty soul. If you study John chapter number three, you'll find that Jesus has a conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a man that is a ruler of the synagogue. 
And in John 3, you'll find four musts. You'll find the first one. He says, you must be born again. That's a non-negotiable. Everyone who's ever been physically born in order to see God must be spiritually born. You must be born again. Further in the conversation, Jesus tells Nicodemus, uh, obviously through the narrator John, he says, and even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, here's the second must, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he was speaking of his crucifixion, not his exaltation. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Towards the end of the chapter, John the Baptist is baptizing, but at the same time, Jesus is now baptizing. And John the Baptist's followers come to him and they say, Jesus is taking all your crowd, John. And John basically tells him in a nutshell, he gives him the last two musts of John chapter 3. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Beginning in John chapter number 4, we find a fourth, a fifth must right here. Watch this. In John chapter 4, if you go with me to the first part of John chapter number 4, the Bible says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Let's read verse number four. Ready, begin. And he must needs go through Samaria. And so Jesus says, before I get into the big town, I got to go through Samaria. I must go through Samaria. You know what I like about the Lord Jesus Christ? That our God, though he taught and fed the multitudes, the same God that taught and fed the multitudes is the same God that zeroed in on the individual. He is the God of the individual tonight. In one occasion, he told his disciples, there is not uh, a bird that falls to the ground today that I don't have knowledge of it. Aren't you worth many sparrows? He says, even the hairs on your head, I have them numbered. In a portion of the Psalms, he says, and he calls the stars by their names. Do you know tonight that our God is the God of the detailed and the God of the individual? Ah, God really cares about you. Yes, he does. In verse number five, check it out. Verse five, he says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse six, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And so here we see the humanity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is 100% man. You say, why? Because right here, he got physically tired. And when he got physically tired during the hottest part of the day, at about noon that day, he sat on a well. I'm thankful tonight that we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. That means our weakness. But he was in all points tempted and yet without sin. 
And right here, Jesus Christ shows his humanity. He's sitting down at the well. But he also shows his deity because of his omniscience. He has a special divine appointment that he has set. And he knows that there's going to come an individual who's going to need crystal clear living water through salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one tonight, everlasting satisfaction can only be found in Jesus. Let me say it again. Everlasting satisfaction can only be found in Jesus. Jesus. Would you read with me in verse number seven? Watch what the scriptures say. The Bible says, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Verse number eight, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew Asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. If you know a little bit about the history there, when Jerusalem, right, the northern kingdom was besieged and overtaken by the Assyrians, there were some Jews that were left over in the northern kingdom in that capital city of Samaria, and Gentiles started to navigate from different parts of the world there to that northern kingdom, and they started to mix in with the Jews, and so now they have a mixed breed. They were Jews mixed in with Assyrians and Gentiles and so on and so forth, and the Jews and the Samaritans, they had major friction. They did not like each other at all. And so when Jesus asked this woman for a drink of water, uh, she's somewhat surprised and she's perplexed because how is it that you being a Jew asked a drink of me that I'm a woman and I'm a Samaritan woman because the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans and especially women and a woman of ill repute, a woman that is immoral, a woman that has the reputation that I have. How is it that you're asking me to drink. Look what the Bible says. Verse number 10, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, time out. Well, what is the gift of God? If you knew the gift of God, if you understood the gift of God. Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter number six and verse number 23, for the wages or the payment of sin is what, church? It is death. The payment for our sin is death forever in a place called hell. That is the only payment for sin. There is no such thing as purgatory, all right? There is no such thing as purgatory. The only place that you could ever pay for your sins is in a place called hell, the lake of fire forever. So he says, if you knew the gift of God, for the wages of sin is death. Oh, but what a divine conjunction. But the gift of, talk to me, church. The gift of who? You say, what is it? It's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And right here, Jesus is, on, is sitting on the well, and he asked the woman for a drink, and the woman is perplexed, and she's surprised. She's like, how is it that you're asking me for a drink? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew what was in store, and I love this Christmas season, don't you? How many of you have your Christmas tree up already? Raise your hand if you got it up already. All right, the rest of you, get into the Christmas spirit. Come on now. Bunch of Scrooges. No, I'm just kidding. But 
Right now, we put up our tree on Black Friday. That's right, Black Friday, Brother Craig. We put up our tree on Black Friday. I wasn't out shopping on Black Friday. I was, I was helping my wife set up the tree. And would you know, Regina, that my mother already had three gifts that are wrapped and they're under the tree already, all right? They're under the tree already, okay? And I'm already, I'm just speculating. Then what is this one right here? What is that right there? We got different boxes hit all over the house. And, and fellas, you know how it is when you want to try to hide something from your wife and you got a gift over here and a gift over there, but she's so smart because she finds out your secret spot and she doesn't tell you. And you've had the secret spot for over five, 10 years and she already knows where your secret spot is at, you know what I mean? But anyways, uh, uh, and right there, those gifts, man, they're, they're, they're causing me. I'm saying, man, I'm curious, what is that? What is that? And let me just tell you, this woman had no idea really what the gift of God was. But if you knew the gift of God, you say, what is the gift of God, Pastor Sammy? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, if you knew him like I know him. Oh, if you knew the power of God, if you knew what it was like to walk in darkness, and now because of the gift of God, you're walking in light. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Thank God tonight for the gift of God. Praise God. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he says, if you knew the gift of God <laughs> and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Right there in that Greek, that, that term living water means flowing water. It's living water. It's not stagnant. You see, there in Jacob's well, we get, it would get stagnant from time to time. And they would have to kind of purge it from time to time because it was stagnant. to get flies in there and gnats and dirt and all that. But living water flows freely. Living water. Verse number 12 Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? <laughs> Jesus created Jacob. <laughs> Jesus created Jacob. Are you greater than Jacob? <laughs> Everlasting satisfaction can only be found in Jesus Christ. Number two. Anytime we pursue satisfaction in something other than God, we sin. Anytime we pursue satisfaction in something other than God, we sin. Follow in verse number 13. See what the scripture says. In verse 13, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall what, church? You will thirst again. Verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. Oh, he gets personal here. Look at verse number 17. Let's read this verse together. Verse number 17, ready, begin. The woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no what? Husband. And then watch this. I love the confrontation that Jesus has here. Now, please don't misunderstand this point. Jesus is not here to condemn this woman. But he is here to confront this woman. Confrontation and condemnation are not synonymous. 
He's there to confront the woman, but he's not there to condemn her. Now watch what he says in verse number 18. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that says thou truly. Could you imagine as Jesus spoke to this woman how her jaw begins to drop? I just asked you for, for living water. He goes, yeah, but before I give you this living water, I have to deal with your sin. So many people want the product. You say, people in the world, and we say, I have a friend who's searching, and he's searching for God. He's searching for God. And I think I understand what we mean by that, Becky, but the truth of the matter is none of us prior to salvation were searching for God. You say, where do you get that? There is none that doeth righteous. There is none that seeketh after God. You see, prior to salvation, Jesus seeks us. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. After salvation, now we seek him. You see, and this woman is confronted with the reality of her sin. And Jesus, and, and, and Jesus is not playing dodgeball with her, you know? And she's kind of like, wow, I, 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 he just told me about my sin. He's talking to me about the guy that I'm living with right now in cohabitation, which is really fornication. I'm living in fornication with the guy right now. You see, and that's what Jesus was metaphorically trying to explain to her. You've been to the fountain of relationship, to the wells of relationships, and you're trying to find spiritual satisfaction through an earthly well. And these things cannot happen, lady. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. And this relationship has failed, and you divorced from the first one. Maybe it was going well, Sister Gina, and she was in love, and she was living in bliss and, and red roses, and something happened that caused the divorce. And then she met another guy, and they fell in love, and, and something happened, and they divorced. And then the third guy came, and then she was dealing with insecurity and trust issues because she trusted the, se the first guy and the second guy. And now one after the other, one after the other, she has a, 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 just a, a, a life lifestyle of insecure relationships and broken dreams and broken homes. That is the reality of her life in this passage. She's trying to find satisfaction outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so people try to find spiritual satisfaction through marijuana. And what happens? Marijuana loses its effect, and then they go to the next drug. And, and crack cocaine loses its, its effect, and then they go to fentanyl until their lives are in shambles. Why? Because they're trying to find spiritual satisfactions in earthly wells. And he tells the woman, the man that you're living with right now, he's, he's not your husband. And she said, you, 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 he, she said, you're right. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Third, God is looking for true worshipers. Look what he says in verse number 20. The conversation goes a little deeper, and she says, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Why Jerusalem? Because that was the place of the temple. And Jews really believed that you can only worship God in the holy temple. They were zealous for the law. They were zealous for Moses and the prophets. They were zealous for the place. They were zealous for their temple. 
He says, I only believe that you can worship in temple. You guys, Jewish people, only believe that you can worship in the temple, but we're worshiping here in this mountain. This is where our fathers worshiped. Verse 21, Jesus saith unto her, look at verse 21. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. So she's kind of an agnostic here. I believe that there is God, that there is a God, but I don't believe we can have a relationship with him. So you're worshiping what you don't know. And then Jesus says, we know what we worship. Why? For salvation is of the Jews. It is through Jesus Christ you are to worship God, Jehovah God. Verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And watch what he says here. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Let's read verse number 24 together. Ready, begin. God is the spirit, and they that worship him, here it is, and spirit and in truth. Worship isn't a dynamic music program. Worship is not a passionate praise band. And I don't know if you can call this a praise band up here or not, okay? Worship is not a robed reverential choir. See, we don't come out in robes, you know. Oh, when the saint, I go marching in. I want to start the service like that sometimes, you know. That's not what worship is. Worship consists of thinking of God. Worship consists of believing God. Worship consists of living for God's glory and living for God's honor. Worship is when you get up early on Monday morning and begin to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship is when you drive to work on Tuesday, driving home from work on Tuesday afternoon, and you have a quote-unquote worship service in your car because you're listening to a message or you're listening to scripture or you're praying to the Lord and you're living a lifestyle of worship. That is what true worship is. And Jesus tells the women, hey, listen, my father's not gonna be worshiped just by experiential, uh, uh, these, these, these songwriters that can be applicable to a girlfriend or a wife and God, and you don't know who this person is singing about or what the lyrics are about. He says worship has to be based on truth, the truth of the scripture, and it has to be based on spirit, and it has to be spirit from your inner heart, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And so don't be guilty of thinking, I can't wait to get to church on Sunday morning because I can't wait to worship and be able to sing out to the Lord. And that may be true and fine, but my brothers and sisters, you don't have to wait to come on Sunday morning to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You can tonight wake up out of your sleep at 2 a.m. and walk around the, uh, the, 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 the dining room or around your room or your kitchen, and you can fall on bending knee, and you can raise your hands to God and begin to sing to him from your inner being and begin to offer your heart and your worship and your tears and your fears and your anxiety and your praise and everything within you blesses his holy name. That, my brothers and sisters, is worship. That is worship. Don't wait to come to church to worship Christ. You can worship Christ tomorrow. Ah, like what one guy said, he, he used to take walks around the neighborhood and he would hear the, the birds sing, Miss Gloria. And when he would hear the birds sing, Brother Jay, you know what he would say? That's him. That's him. That is him. It is Jesus. Even the smiles on our children's faces is, uh, is, 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 is worthy of saying, Lord, I, I bless your name for that. 
Even the breath that we have in our lungs is worthy of saying, Lord, I, I bless your name for that. And Jesus says, listen, woman, it's not going to matter whether you worship him at Jerusalem or whether you worship him in this mountain because my father is seeking true worshipers and true worshipers must worship him from the heart. They must worship him from the heart. The Bible says that this woman leaves her water pot. Let's follow the conversation because it's too good. I want to I finish this. Go to John 4 and look what it says there. Where are we at? Verse 20. But the hour, verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And so she says, I know that there's coming a Savior, and he's going to clear all of these things up. Whether or not we should worship here at Jerusalem or on this mountain and the Samaritans and the Jews, all the hatred and everything that is going on. He's going to clear all of it up. And could you imagine the point in this conversation where I believe Jesus pauses and he looks right to the eyes of the woman? And here's what he says. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Isn't that beautiful? That he stops her and he says, now remember, it wasn't time for him to declare who he was at this point. Because at the wedding of Canaan, he was a little bit irritated with his mother. He's like, it's not time for me to tell everybody who I am. But right here, he gives this woman a secret. He says, the one that's talking to you am he. Verse 28, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And in verse 30, then they went out of the city and came unto him. Could you imagine the excitement of this woman as she leaves this conversation and she goes back into town? She doesn't even have her water pot. And as people, as she gets close to people, they're probably thinking, oh, here comes this crazy lady again, man. My goodness, man. But you need to calm down, lady, okay? We all know who you are. And she doesn't even pay attention to their criticism. She says, I want you to come see a man who told me everything that I did. Like, what? Yeah, come see a man who's not from our town. He's not familiar with our territory here, but he told me everything that I did. Tell me it's not, it's not, this, it's not this to Christ. Come see a man who told me everything about my past. And knowing everything about me, still stretched out his arm to welcome me. Come see a man who wasn't focused on my immoral living and didn't let that cause him to condemn me, but he said, even with your sin, I'm willing to forgive you. I'm willing to make you a child of God. I'm willing to turn your life inside out. I'm willing to give you a drink of everlasting water so you don't thirst anymore, so you won't have spiritual thirst anymore. Come see a man that knows everything about me. And the psalmist said in 139, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great are the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more than number than the sand. When I awake, I am still 
with me. I am still with thee. Search me, O God, and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Thank God tonight that though Jesus Christ knows everything about us, our past, our present, and our future, we can still go out to town in the highways and byways and tell lost sinners, come see a man who told me everything that I did is not this the Christ. Praise God. And so she ends her song. I know you must be saying to yourselves, if that's the way she feels about it, then why don't you just end it all? Oh, no, not me. I'm not ready for that final disappointment. Because I know just as well as I'm standing here talking to you, that when that final moment comes and I'm breathing my last breath, I'll be saying to myself, is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze and have a ball if that's all there is. For the Christian tonight, that's not all there is, my friend. We don't have to eat, drink, and be merry. We don't have to drink away our sorrows. Thank God we can still go and get a drink of living water through the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish all of us can continue to find our true satisfaction in Jesus. I wish all of us can continue to have our thirst quenched through living water. Don't seek any other fulfillment than the Lord Jesus Christ. In him, we have our being. In him, we move. In him, we have the reason for living in one person, in the Lord Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. If you knew the gift of God, If you knew the gift of God, the gift did not abide under the tree. The gift was hung on a tree. If you knew the gift of God. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How many around us need a drink of living water? Will you meet them at their well this week? Sometimes we think we have to have big days to see a lot of people saved. Oh, no, my brother and sister. Go meet them personally at their well this week. Perhaps you can take a moment at work this week and give somebody a gospel track at work. Maybe you can take some time and just pass out a track in your neighborhood. Maybe at the grocery store you can find somebody at their well. So here's good news in a dry land. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series. 